On this edition of the Iowa Business Report, Iowa's economy is in a really good spot and has indeed grown. How does Iowa rate against other states when it comes to climate for business? New data on competitiveness has just been released. Asian markets remain important for Iowa's agricultural exports. And in our business profile, we'll tell you about a nearly century-old Iowa business which continues to evolve to meet customer needs. This is the Iowa Business Report for the second weekend of March 2023. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. The Iowa Business Council annually presents its report on how Iowa fares in comparison with other states. It's called the Iowa Competitive Dashboard. Joe Murphy is president of the Iowa Business Council. He explains what the newly released report contains and what this year's data tells us. Our focus on our report looks at five different areas, like you mentioned, economic growth, education and workforce, governance, which really sort of measures how our state is competing from like an operational standpoint. Taxes fall in this category. We also look at health and wellness and demographics and diversity, how our population metrics are comparing to the rest of the country. So within those five overall buckets, if you will, there's five submetrics underneath all of those areas. But I think one of the things that we're excited to see is Iowa's continued resiliency with respect to its economy. So if you look at our gross state product over the last year, we're sitting at about $217 billion of, of a gross state product. That's 11% greater than it was the previous year's report. So that indicates that while we are somewhat uncertain as to what the economic future may hold with respect to a possible recession or pullback, Iowa's economy is in a really good spot and has indeed grown over the course of the last year, which I think really sets us up well from an economic standpoint, from a resiliency standpoint, and will better able us to resist any sort of national or international economic fallout that could be on our immediate horizon. To some degree, we were insulated, were we not, during the pandemic because of the type of industry that we had here. These were necessary jobs in food production, etc. That helped us a bit, given the pandemic. It absolutely has. And when you think about Iowa's standing as a manufacturing state, your listeners are astute enough to know that Iowa's actually number one industry is manufacturing. And from a national perspective, we're the third most competitive state from a manufacturing standpoint. So 17, almost 18% of our total gross state product, that $217 billion number I just mentioned, almost 18% of that gross state product is tied into manufacturing. And as you know, those jobs did not shut down during the pandemic. Our workers and manufacturers continue to develop products, to pivot to new products and, and offer those goods and services to their customers and clients. So that's certainly is something that has helped insulate us from that. And then from manufacturing, you think about the agricultural sector obviously helps us there. Um, and then our, our financial services sector also quite strong as you look through our report. We at the Business Council, and I think what the message that we would try to share at the state level is that we should be investing in our core competencies and manufacturing is certainly one of those areas. And so I look at the programs like Manufacturing 4.0 that Director Durham with the Iowa Economic Development Authority is continuing to unveil and continue to invest in. 
that is absolutely the right thing that our state needs to be doing so that we do not ever lose ground or seed ground to other states on this area. It, it helps insulate our economy from potential economic downturns and also is a pride point and an economic development point for future manufacturers that are looking to, to locate in our state. Last year's report noted that the impact of tax reform from a business standpoint and then later individual standpoint could not be measured at this time last year. The things were just being passed. Have we seen some impact of the tax changes, even if they've not been implemented, but just knowing that they've been passed, even if they have not taken effect? So there are different projections based on different publications that you look at that we will eventually become a top 15 competitive state with respect to the individual income tax rate once everything is fully implemented. But as we want to take a very data-specific approach to this, we don't forecast what may occur five years from now because there's so many other things that could happen with other states passing their own tax reforms, which we're seeing happen across the country. We know it in our report, and your listeners can view it, that we've not seen much change yet in the competitiveness for our corporate tax index or individual tax income index yet. And I say yet because we're recording this on Tuesday. We are two months and one week into the implementation of a five-year plan. So we expect over the course of the years and really probably starting next year, we'll see some good upward mobility, if you will, with respect to our competitiveness on our tax bracket. So it's good to have that baked in, but we want to just be able to compare apples to apples where we currently stand today. And obviously we are just now beginning to phase in that historic tax year from 2022. Where are some areas that may need improvement or areas that potentially surprised you? Because again, you've looked at this data over the past decade and a half and reported back to us annually for some time. Uh, What are some things that are problematic or things that led you to look at it a second time? Well, probably no surprise to you, Jeff. I think we continue to look at the workforce issues and maybe more broadly than that, our population issues in this state. So we currently rank 31st out of 50 states for total population. We currently rank 45th out of 50 states for ethnic diversity of population. And so as our businesses look to grow in our state, as our economy looks to grow, we know that we need to grow as a state. And I know that I've belabored this point on your show many times before, but I think it's important to continue to call that out as something that continues to be concerning for the business community, that we are growing as a state, but just not at the level that many other places around the country are. And so I think from an opportunity to fix this, I think, again, we look at comprehensive immigration reform as an opportunity for this. We're working all the time with our delegation in Washington, D.C. to make the business case for federal immigration reform, becoming a welcoming and inclusive state to make sure that we're welcoming of all individuals so that they can live the life that we all enjoy here in the state of Iowa as well. Safe schools, really good schools, safe communities, no commute times, great opportunities to work for great businesses in our state with the opportunity to move up through the ranks and make a great living. And and then, of course, our cost of living is very competitive nationally as well. So there's many great things that we have going for us here in the state of Iowa. But again, attracting that workforce and retaining that workforce I think is one of the key takeaways for us, not necessarily a new takeaway, but something that remains for us here. 
Well, it still bears repeating if it's still a problem, and obviously you're the one looking at the data. You see, by talking to your members on a regular basis, but then this annual data, if it's still an issue, it's still something that has to be talked about, and it is still something that is front of mind and being addressed, not only at Capitol Hill, but in the boardrooms of these companies that make up the Iowa Business Council. Absolutely. You know, another area that we looked at that we've not necessarily highlighted before in our reports, it's been reported in our reports, but I want to highlight it maybe more specifically with you today, is our health and wellness members. And and look, we're not a healthcare organization, but a healthy business relies on healthy individuals. And when we look at our statistics, we're a bit skewed in a sense. We're firmly in the competitive area, but that's really due to the fact that Iowans are number one employed. So our unemployment is really low. But as a result of that, the percentage of our population that lacks health insurance is quite low compared to the rest of the country. So that's a really good thing. We're actually top six states in the country with respect to people lacking health insurance. So that's a good thing. But when you look at our other submetrics under health and wellness, our percent of obesity, our access to primary care physicians, the amount of primary care physicians per capita, those concern me as we look at long-term health statistics on what this might mean for Iowa's workforce. One thing that we do not capture in this report, but something that we spent a lot of time this year talking about is mental health. And so how does mental health factor into the overall health and wellness of not only a business, but a community, a family, a state, et cetera? These are important things that are no longer just social or behavioral health issues. These are really business and economic issues now. Our organization, the Iowa Business Council, continues to work with school districts across the state, the Iowa Workforce Development Office, the Iowa Department of Education, and so many others to make sure that we in the business community are bringing those opportunities directly to those students, those high school students, so that they can have a better understanding of maybe what jobs that they want to pursue, whether that's immediately after high school graduation or learning about the jobs that would require some sort of post-secondary education through a community college or a public or private institution. And so as we look at our data over the last three years, and I know I mentioned that we track this across the country, but in this instance, we really look at Iowa specifically and track our our work-based learning numbers. Out of 453 Iowa high schools in our state last year, in 2022, 360 high schools were offering some sort of work-based learning program. Now that could be a registered apprenticeship program, a very high level, highly skilled work-based learning opportunity, or simply career fairs or job shadows, which are just as important when you think about being at the top of the funnel on where you might go as a career. And that's up significantly. You know, when we first started tracking this data in 2020, only about 120 Iowa high schools were participating in these endeavors. And so I think that really shows great progress on this project. And I think we're really excited about where the future takes us with this because that's our future workforce. And the sooner that we can engage with that student body in their high school career, the better set up that they will be knowing on what they want to pursue post-graduation and the better able our business members will be to bring them into their employment ranks. Joe Murphy, president of the Iowa Business Council. Their new competitive dashboard data was released on Thursday, March 9, and can be found on their website, iowabusinesscouncil.org. We spoke via Zoom on Tuesday, March 7th. The Iowa Business Council is a supporter of the Iowa Business Report. Still to come, trading with important markets. And later, a longtime Iowa company expands its product line to meet customer needs. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. 
We're hitting the road in April to share stories from the Iowa Almanac with you in person. Join us in Conrad, Toledo, Earlham, Tabor, Bondurant, Indianola, and Shenandoah. It's all free and open to the public. Get details on where we'll be next by clicking on the Events tab at iowaalmanac.com. That's the Events tab at iowaalmanac.com, and I'll see you there. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. Iowa Secretary of Agriculture and Land Stewardship Mike Nag led a trade mission to South Korea and Japan in February. We met in Waterloo on Monday, February 27th, shortly after his return, to discuss the impact of such trade on the Iowa economy. Here's a great example of how something has evolved over time. So South Korea is the U.S. number one beef export market. That kind of surprises folks. South Korea is our number one beef export market. But you trend back over uh, just even the last couple of decades, they were very much a grain and rice-based diet, very little meat in their diets. And those lines crossed about, oh, let me see, 15 years ago to where meat is now a significant part of their diet. And that's, again, where now we're we're exporting a significant amount of beef over there. But there's just a trend that's continuing. Both countries have declining populations, but the share of U.S. products, in particular U.S. protein in those markets, is in fact growing. So just an interesting dynamic. We're still looking at these as growth markets. And then you talk to folks within these countries and they say our populations are shrinking. We're going to have to look outside of these countries or uh, fight for market share. And, And we see all kinds of opportunities. So just interesting dynamics that you pick up when you travel in country. How does that work for the state of Iowa as opposed to any of our ag neighbors? Because we have to look out for ourselves, obviously, but I imagine there may be some regional or even national efforts that may help broker some of these things, but it's important to wave the Iowa flag first and foremost. You know, it's a combination. So um, when we're sitting down with a customer talking about just generally about corn or soybean usage, really it's hard to differentiate Iowa products. These are commodity crops. But You know, when we're number one in corn production and number two in soybean production, frankly, we don't care if another bushel of soybean or another bushel of corn is utilized somewhere in the world. It adds value to us back home. So in that sense, we're pretty generic about, yeah, we talk about Iowa's experience and we want folks to know that Iowa is a consistent supplier and that we're leading in the nation in our production. But really, we talk kind of generally about U.S. products. Now, we do have some companies that travel with us and they are all about Iowa and we're all about them. And so we do very specifically promote certain companies, but uh, generally we're there to talk about U.S. agriculture. And, And I would say in this environment, the other thing that really came home to me traveling was there's so much uncertainty with the Ukraine and Russian situation and China is a dominant player in Asia. And so you've got a lot of countries that are just flat out looking for consistent quality suppliers. And frankly, let's do more business with our friends. And that's becoming a theme that I think we can, again, capitalize on. What was different this time Mm -hmm. in visiting the region than any of your prior trips? Because as you said, because of COVID and all of the aftermath, it's been a while since you've been able to look somebody in the eye and shake their hand. There's some consumer trends, you know, e-commerce, ordering at home, those types of things. And so folks are looking, companies are looking for maybe some different cuts of meat that will allow them to serve that, that market. 
inflation is impacting consumers all around the world. And so, again, you're looking at maybe not looking at those higher end, higher price cuts, but maybe some more value. And so those were interesting things. But I would say that really the theme that came through loud and clear this time was around that consistent, reliable supplier. We're known for that. But before COVID, you could still kind of want to spar with us a little bit on, well, we can buy what you guys provide, you know, produce. We can get that from South America. They're cheaper than you are. Why should we do business with you? Well, you know, now we can really, and we've always said, look, we can be a consistent quality supplier of safe foods. And that means something more today than it did even just a few years ago. So that really drove home to me that that can continue to be our calling card. And there's, in fact, a premium that can be applied to that. And a reminder that National Ag Day is coming up soon on Tuesday, March 21st, and it's the 50th anniversary of the annual event. Coming up, more than just an auto parts store, you're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Hello, fellow Iowans. This is Michael Swanger, owner of Iowa History Journal. Our March-April issue kicks off our series about Grenville Dodge, the architect of the Iron Road and includes stories about the Effigy Mounds National Monument, Iowa State Hockey, Traveling Iowa, and Bailing Hay, among others. Pick up the March-April issue of Iowa History Journal at Hy-Vee, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, and Select Mills Fleet Farm stores, or visit iowahistoryjournal.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the latest quarterly member survey by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. In our business profile segment this week, you'll meet Brad Edwardson, Vice President of Business Development at Arnold Motor Supply which was founded in Spencer in 1927 and has grown in terms of number of stores and diversity of products offered over that nearly a century. Regional company, 65 locations now throughout Iowa and Nebraska. we got three in Minnesota, uh, one in Missouri and one in Illinois. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo Market, we used to have two locations. We merged that into one larger building. We're in a 20,000 square foot building now on, on uh, Wagner Road in Waterloo. So super excited to be out there. Enhanced inventory, so a great spot for us to be. High traffic area, but easy access to get to from Cedar Falls or Waterloo. So happy to be out there. I'm aware of the things that that you offer for me as a non-farmer, uh, if I need wiper blades, air filters, whatever I need, but you serve the ag community pretty heavily as well. We do. Something new that we've just taken on in probably about the last six months, Jeff, is we are officially in the heavy-duty truck parts business. So super excited about that. That's kind of why we're at the Hawkeye Show to kind of launch that a little bit, but you can now see your local Arnold Motor Supply store for your truck brakes, brake chambers, glad hands, all that stuff now that we're officially in the truck business. And again, that's no small undertaking to expand the line like that. Uh, obviously, you folks uh, saw a need. We do. It fits our market base. You know, we're, we're in Iowa, Nebraska, and we're, you know, we're, we're currently selling to farmers. It might be batteries, filters, machine shop services, things like that. So it was just a good venture for us. Uh, we've been ramping up for about two years and finally got it kicked off. So we're really excited about it. Talk about how the business has been doing in light of the pandemic, and here's why I'm asking. Because we all needed food, 
You know, we all needed material for our automobiles, et cetera. There are certain things that we just had to have. It, it's not a discretionary purchase. But I have a feeling you may have some supply chain issues that you've kind of bumped along with the last few years. Everybody has. So uh, how's, how's business these days? Business is good. I think, you know, I feel like I feel like we're past that, that stage. Uh, obviously, yeah, we had some bumps like everybody else. But our vendors, I would say, are, are pretty much back to ramping up to speed. Same challenges everybody else has. But I think in today's world... We're at a really good spot inventory-wise. Like I say, our suppliers have really done uh, what they needed to to make sure that we have the right parts on our shelf for our customers. So we're in a good spot today. Business is good. That new facility that you mentioned that's out there at the corner of Wagner and Broadway, that is big. you got the ability to, to handle uh, lots of parking and lots of inventory. What's the best thing about merging your various operations into that one super facility? It's definitely inventory. Um, that's, you know, the name of the game today is pe- people need that expect that part and that's really helped us we have a tremendously enhanced inventory uh, not just on truck parts but even your your normal day-to-day automotive stuff to really help you know our all install installer and walk-in customers to make sure we have that the old stores did uh, hydraulic hose repair but we've really enhanced that too to, to kind of to fill the needs of uh, that larger construction fleet so we're doing doing larger repairs on hose now too so that's been really nice as well but the biggest thing's been space well, and it's difficult to have multiple operations within the same trade market because you're expected to have the same inventory, and that may either enhance cost or, and it's good that, it, you know, if Waterloo was out of something, Cedar Falls could have gotten it or whatever, but realistically, uh, you put yourself right on the border, in essence, between the two communities and easy to get to from the rural areas as well for folks who may just not like coming to the big city if they can help it. Yeah, we had a lot of duplicate stuff, still have the popular stuff, but it really allowed us to have more breath to have maybe some of that less common stuff. And the biggest thing that helped, too, is you know we, we had great staff at both locations, Cedar Falls and Waterloo, because you know, it wouldn't be possible to do what we're doing. Bigger building, more business without having great people inside, too. Brad Edwardson, Vice President of Business Development at Arnold Motor Supply, online at arnoldmotorsupply.com. We spoke at the Hawkeye Farm Show in Cedar Falls on Tuesday, February 28th. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, providing business solutions and support to small to medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.